Everybody, welcome to the Becca Hayes Show. I am your host, Becca Hayes, and we have a very special guest with us today, Miss Jen Drummond. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was that way, but I'm like, ooh, I could slaughter it. There was a there was a high chance. Drummond. <laughs> Drummond. You have been summoned, Drummond. Okay, that was that was ridiculous. Uh, and then also, <laughs> we have Mr. Matt J- Johnson. No. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, Jacob Stansfield. <laughs> Jacob Stansfield with us all today. Um, thank you so much for joining us. This is just such a pleasure to have you in the studio. Well, thank you. I'm I, excited I just, to be here. I felt like, and we kind of briefly talked about this. Um, I think we were supposed to meet like four, four or five other times. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. were the other times that we were supposed to meet? At a drum circle mm-hmm. that you guys went to. And mm-hmm. then you're like, some guy's praying to an eagle. And I'm like, that's why I didn't go. Yeah, yeah that was it. <laughs> that like, was our first drum circle. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, I, I just wasn't ready to step into that yet. That so was I one didn't. of the first times we hung out. So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what, to, I don't know how to behave. Just, all right. Yeah, we were just friends and I was like trying to, I don't even know why I would like invited you. I have no clue. Oh no, you reached out. Like, cause I was like, anybody want to go? And he was like, yeah, I do. And oh no. Oh no. You, you sent me a personal invite. I did. That was a personal. It was invite. on the Instagram story, and you're like, "That looks fun." And I'm like, "I'll find it." <laughs> okay, <laughs> your story. Okay, your story. All right, okay. all right, all right. Uh, so yeah, so it was like a few times. That was yeah, and then the gala, mm-hmm. um, Exodus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were gonna go, and I was gonna. Well, and it was I was in climbing in Nepal, but otherwise I was <laughs> supposed to go. I, you know, I was in Nepal. I think that's a good excuse. Fair enough. <laughs> you want to be the very first woman to ever climb the seven second summits. Correct. No other woman has done this. Isn't that fascinating? Like in today's day and age, like there's still things that can be done by a female for the first time. Yeah. That is crazy. That that really actually blows my mind. Yeah, it does to me too. So I kind of started a year ago. My son came home from school and he was like complaining about homework. And he's like, I'm like, buddy, we do hard things. You got this, okay? <laughs> this math problem, we got it, yeah. okay? And he's like trying to do, like, defer so he doesn't have to do his math. And he's like, well, if we do hard things, then why haven't you climbed Mount Everest yet? And I'm like- What? <laughs> <laughs> Comparing his homework. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Like, Kids are funny. Yeah. Our fact tables <laughs> compared to Mount Everest. Of course it's the equivalent, mm-hmm. duh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, you know, I haven't thought about it. And so- then the kids were like all sitting around and the next week they start bringing home books about Mount Everest from school. And then my daughter goes, my mom's climbing Mount Everest. Like we haven't even talked about this yet, honey. Like what are we doing here? <laughs> right. And so then I sat down and I thought about it. And I'm like, all right, fine. We do hard things. Mom's going to climb Mount Everest next year. No problem. And um, that kind of started like this whole little journey. So I hired a coach that works with people to like vet climbing companies. Like they teach you to ask things that you wouldn't think to ask. Like I might just want to, you know, someone that's from America because I know them. And he's like, no, you want to know what Sherpa you're going up the mountain with. You want to know like what your accommodations are or how much oxygen they're running so that you can make sure like you have more success and all these little details that mm-hmm. as a lame person, you wouldn't understand. Yeah. And um, so like while I'm training and learning all this stuff from him, um, you have to do other mountains kind of first before you go do Everest just to prepare yourself. And so we had selected some other mountains and then I don't know, the topic came up. He's like, Hey Jen, did you know like the seven second summits have never been done by a female before? He goes, I think you got it. Real? Wow. <laughs> I know. Right. And it's funny because like my lucky numbers too, right? Uh-huh. I have seven kids. So uh-huh. then like each kid kind of like picked a summit that they're going to be known for. Right. Oh my gosh. I love this. I'm gonna, the mom in me is going to cry it right just now. resonated with the numbers and the kids. See? And, yeah. Yeah. I'm a numbers person. We all know that. Anyways. I'm a total number okay. nerd. Um, love it. And so, yeah. So like the seconds and the seven. And when we looked into it, um, it's been done by two males. And so the mainly the seven second summits are harder than the first seven. Right. So... I think that's one thing. I'm sure cost is another thing. You don't have commercial outfitters running the seven second summits. They're running the seven first. So it's just more logistics to organize and figure out some of those details. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, so far, it's been good. It's kind of fun. I've so done the, two of them. The first is like the seven highest peaks in the world, right? The second is the second highest. Yeah, right. right. So like, for example, I'm climbing Everest, which is a first. 
right? right. So I leave for Everest in a month. Wow. That I'm using Everest as training ground for K2. And K2 is the second highest, right? Yeah. And K2 is known as like the deadly mountain, right? It's savage. There's been 18 women that have summited it. In the beginning, I think like maybe three or four, the first five that went up died on the way down. Yeah, I've heard. Isn't it like it, one third people that what? climb that die? 29% of the people um, that climb die. Okay, why is that? Because they slip, fall, oxygen. Like what are the causes of death? Like just give me just a couple. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times when you look at them, you'll have like big examples of like an avalanche came through and knocked out a whole bunch of people okay. one time or something like that. So mm-hmm. it makes the odds. And you don't have as many people climbing K2. So then you don't have that to like level out the yeah. stats of the death. Okay. Mm. Um, there's been more people in space than the top of K2. What? Gosh. Yeah. I'm like getting nervous now for you for some reason. Like, I'm just like, wait a minute. I didn't, I knew K2 was a very dangerous mountain, but I didn't realize, I mean, when you threw out these statistics, I didn't realize how dangerous it was. Yeah. That's- yeah. K2 is a lot more like rock climbing and ice climbing, right? More than hiking. Right. Well, so, so you're going to use an ice pick probably. Oh yeah. You'll have oh, one of those gosh. for sure. But like, so for example, like in Africa, your first summit would be Kilimanjaro, Mm -hmm. which is a hike for the most part. Um, You have people that can modify wheelchairs and get up to the top of Kilimanjaro. Okay. Mm, okay. I should do that. That There you go. It's a great start. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. So I was at Mount Kenya, which is the Mm -hmm. second highest point, and that's a 20-pitch rock climb. So, like, you're in a harness, you're climbing, you're rappelling, and to get to the top section, I mean, you have ice axe and picks on your feet and everything to get there. I mean, that's one, if that breaks free, that ice, like I know you, you hit it in hard enough to where it's steady, but sometimes it could break free. You're done, right? You're, well, you're roped off with somebody. Okay. So, so you're hoping good. one person's anchoring you, okay. right? So like you have one person exposed at a time, but yeah. And I didn't know this till when I was done climbing Mount Kenya, but they lost three people in January there oh, of this gosh. year. Oh my gosh. Just air, right? Like you don't have room for air. No. You don't. You're dead if if it's... Yeah. But lack of oxygen makes error a lot more common. <laughs> it does, right? I mean, we just don't think yeah. as much when we don't have as much yeah. oxygen going to that head. So you've climbed, you've climbed Mount Kenya in Africa. Yep. You've also climbed... How do you pronounce this? Is it Oso del Saldo? Saldoa? Yeah, close. <laughs> That's close. in South America. Like <laughs> Ojos del Salado. Okay, in South America. Yes. How was that one like? Not my favorite, if I had to be honest. Um, Chile's gorgeous, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what a beautiful country and what wonderful people. Um, what, Ojos del Salado is a volcano. So you don't have like a mountain range, right? Volcanoes are almost like pimples. There's just like this big bump in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And then that's it, right? So uh-huh. I'm in the Atacama Desert, which is sand everywhere you can see. And then all of a sudden... Ojos is right there. And it's that like lava rock, right? That's super sharp. Uh And you don't have like visual differences. Like when you're climbing a 20 pitch rock climb, you're like, okay, I got through three pitches and this is where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. When Mm -hmm. you're climbing up or walking up a volcano, I mean, you're like, okay, I've been walking for 30 minutes. I know I'm making progress, but I have nothing visually to show that I'm really making progress, right? right? Because you're Uh in the middle of it. Um, and it's like scree. So as you step up, you sink half a foot down and then you step up and you sink half a foot oh, down. Gosh. And so, and it's so windy because the temperature changes so drastically in the desert when the sun comes out versus when the sun's mm-hmm. gone because nothing mm-hmm. holds the heat in. So then that causes this convection of air. And it was like literally climbing and going Ew. on your head Ew. the whole time. Oh, I'm gosh. like, this is punishment. Like, this is like unbelievable punishment. Did you need oxygen to climb that one? No. 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 And how long did it take you to get that done? So we did like mainly what takes the time isn't so much the distance. It's your body being able to acclimatize. Okay. Right. So you go to base camp and then the next day you go to camp one. And then from camp one, we went to the top and back down. Um, you could do it in a day normally, but you can't because your body doesn't adjust to the lack of oxygen. So you need to stop at those different points so your body can catch up. Okay. And you do that with every mountain? Every mountain. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. I just thought you, you're like, okay, I've been training. Here it is. I'm ready to go. So you got to do the whole camping thing. Oh yeah. No. And it's interesting because I used to do like triathlons and endurance sports. So like I can go for a long time, like mm-hmm. a long distance. You're but, athletic. Yeah. But mountaineering isn't that. It's like 
short sprints almost because you're going vertical to these spots. Then you have to like stay for a day or two and then you go to the next spot, stay for a day or two. And like when you do Everest, you do rotations. Mm. So wow. your body goes up to camp one, camp two, comes down, goes up to one, camp two, camp three, comes down. I didn't know you go down. No. Yes. Oh, that, yes. would be, that would be that hard. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I already did this. Why am I going back? No. Yeah. No, it is. And then like, so you sit there and wait for your body to be ready to go. I mean, it's such a hurry up and wait game. It's fascinating. Brutal. Wow. It is. It's a different kind of like patience for sure. And you're climbing that in less than a month? Yeah, I leave April 18. Oh, my gosh. gosh. How I long know. does it take to get to Summit? So I'm doing a rapid program. Um, a lot of like a lot of people that are going to climb Everest are leaving like at the end of March. And then they hope to summit in the middle of May. And then you're coming home at the end of May. And I, I just don't have that kind of time with little humans at home. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I sleep in this like hypoxic tent which tries to simulate the environment of less oxygen so that your blood, um, your body gets your blood ready to be able to handle the lack of oxygen in the air. Really? Yes. Wow. And so I will leave April 18th and hopefully be back like May 25th, which is still like four weeks. And part of the reason why it's taking so long is because to go to Nepal, you, if you don't have the vaccine, yeah. you have to wait a week before you can go to the mountain because oh they want to make sure you don't have COVID yeah. and I will not get the vaccine. So I'm can I waiting. high five you right now? <laughs> yes. You, you're not a, I'm a, not a, a lab lab rat. I'm either. I'm not, I don't believe in them. Yep. So, oh my gosh, I, I just fell in love. How do I keep falling in love with you? <laughs> Wait, where's my little, is that the sparkle button? No, Did there's no buttons on there. What happened to that button? Uh Oh, Oh wait, it's, Oh. <laughs> it was turned down. There, that's the one I want. Come on. No, nope, not oh. that one. <laughs> there we go. That one right there. I just there fell is. more in love Aww. with you. Awesome. Okay, so you have that coming up in April. How do you, besides your little tent, so do you have this tent in your bedroom and you just sleep in it every night? Have you been sleeping in, in it every night? So when I got back from Kenya, which was the beginning of March, like I was up to 17,000 feet. For Kenya, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to, I wanted to try to keep that as yeah. much as I could. Mm -hmm. So when I came back, I started sleeping in the tent just to like hold where I was. I'm actually only sleeping at about 14,000 feet right now. Um, just because I haven't, you have to, you keep a little pulse oximeter yeah. and you're, and you check and you're like, if you're dropping below like 85, Mm -hmm. then you need to turn the tent down because otherwise you're not sleeping. And then if you're not sleeping, then you're not absorbing the training. And then yeah. you have all these other pieces that play into it. Oh my it. gosh. How yeah. did you discover this little tent? They, they, I mean, it's in the mountaineering world. Okay. And yeah. like up in park city, like everybody's like an Uber athlete and they like want to have every advantage these they tents can. In their so house. this technology yeah. that we know about. Oh yeah. No, no. There's people that have rooms. <laughs> oh my God. Are, yes. That's you know, that's what we need. I'm learning so much. Yeah. That's so, that's, it's crazy, but cool. You know, it's cool that, that you have these, you have these capabilities to get you prepared to be somewhere where you're not. Like, it's just, it's so cool. Right. And like where people normally don't have, I mean, obviously there's mother nature that's going to play into success of Everest, right? Of course. But the biggest thing is, is like when you're up high, you don't heal. You don't recover from being sick mm. as well because mm -hmm. you just don't have the oxygen to do that. And so when you can do most of the climatization at home, you're on your normal food, you're in your normal bed. You have like all these different advantages that allow you to be a little more robust on the mountain. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. How do you, okay. So how do you train for this besides the tent? What are you doing? Let's just, let's just talk about physically, not even mental yet. Well, thankfully we live where we live. Yeah. Right. So I can get outside and get a lot of vertical on a regular basis. Um, I'll do a really long day in the mountains on Tuesdays, just the days that my kids don't have as much going on. So I can drop my oldest off at school and then I have like nine hours before I need to be back for everybody. But like your age range of kids is, what was it? Yeah. 14 to eight. 14 to eight, seven kids. Yeah. In a what's that six year period? Yeah, yeah. Jack was oh, six gosh. years and two months when the twins came. Yeah, Steve asked. He's like, yeah. "How do you find time or make time to do the things that you do?" Yeah. So that was. I mean, one of you're the like, I pretty much run a small logistics company with the family at home, right? Yeah. Like we have a calendar. It's uploaded to everybody's phone that helps out at the house, and every kid's color coordinated. And then we just say like, okay, on this day, Jen's responsible for these things. On that day, Jen's responsible for those things. And you have to be organized uh, to get this oh, done. Or psycho organized. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
That's something that I'm striving for, being, being organized. Because when you're organized, you find all this extra little pockets of time that you didn't have because you're so sidetracked of getting like, you know, on this tangent and doing this and spending too much time on this one thing. So organization is definitely key. Yeah, it's huge. So on Tuesdays, I have my long day. And then I have two other days that will be like four to five hours of, and I can do that like on a treadmill at a high incline. I can do that in a step up. Like, so, you know, just take a chair, step up in the chair for the next hour, right? Because that's giving you the vertical. Oh, and so okay. like if I'm running behind on training, like idealistically you would do it all at one time, like for four hours in a row, but that doesn't always work. So then when somebody's at home doing math, like their mom's up stepping up on steps right next to them, helping them I with am. their math facts, oh right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's amazing. Unreal. You're amazing. Amazing woman. Like, okay, I really, I want to... <laughs> want to go as gung-ho as you do but i would love to just ex like experience experience a little bit of jen's life like would you take me up in the mountains with you on a tuesday 100 i mean how long are we going to be up in the mountains and how high we can we can <laughs> modify no okay. problem all right but you know like mount olympus okay yeah right uh -huh. in town like i'll go do that two times in a row okay right because then you just get the vertical come uh -huh. back down get the vertical and come okay. back down I will slow you down, but you will wait for me because I'm yes. scared like a cougar's going to get me. Yeah. Like I will be the caboose. Yeah. Or we <laughs> okay. could get those modified wheelchairs and do Kilimanjaro. Yes. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I would own that. I'll push you up. It'll be good. Okay, yeah. perfect. You probably could. <laughs> yeah, but I would love to experience that with you. I think that'd be awesome. So happy to have I'm, you. I'm not a big mountain climber or, or ever. <laughs> but I'm willing to do it. I've done yep. trails. I've gone on trails, but I love, I just love being out in, in nature and being one with the nature. And so it's not just about the, um, I guess the physical training or workout for me. It's more like just being out there with nature. So I think that's really cool. And it's huge for me. Like it, like it's my yin to the yang, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. I'm out there, I'm all by myself. I can like process through all my thoughts. So when I come home, I'm totally recharged to handle the chaos of seven humans. You know, you awesome. said recharge. That is so important. I think a lot of people don't know how to recharge or even charge. So I, I love that you know what your charge is, mm -hmm. is the mountains. And that's just because I used to be a runner. And so you can, you can also relate to this too, because you did the triathlons and all that. And you get that runner's high, right? And you try to like, people look at you like, you're insane. Like I only run if like a bear's chasing me, you know? And I'm just like, you don't get it because once you hit, for me, it was hitting mile three is when I started to hit my, my runner's high. That's when I started like, oh my gosh, like my legs weren't dragging anymore. And I just, I could keep going forever. Yeah. You get into a rhythm and you just yeah. let go. Right. And then you're in that flow and that flow state carries with you the rest of the day. Yeah. And it, it's, it's such an amazing experience. And so I'm assuming that's what you get when you're climbing these mountains, right? A thousand percent. It, like you sort out like life's problems in the mountains, yeah. right? Like, and, and I did that when I was running too. I would like think, and I'm like, okay, I, I could do this. I'm, I don't even realize I'm running. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's like that. I mean, every time I get up high and then, you know, in Salt Lake, you can look over the whole city and you're like, I'm this big. Like my mm -hmm. problems are this big. Like mm -hmm. stop making them this big. Mm -hmm. Right. That's so cool. What do you think is harder? Climbing Mount Everest or seven children? <laughs> seven children. Is yeah. Everest going to feel like a vacation? Yeah. And yeah. You come back? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's a great question. You know, when they were younger, I would say like, Everest would be harder, right? But now that they're getting older, you know, no long, no, no longer suffices. Mm -hmm. right? It's like no plus a 30 minute explanation of why the no. <laughs> right. I'm like, I really liked it. But I just said no, and we we're all good with that. Put you in your little like <laughs> pack and play slash cage, you know, and you didn't go anywhere. You couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Miss those days. Good old days. Oh my gosh. Seven children. So Okay, I'm going to ask about, because there was a lot of people who were like, seven kids. Like when I posted that that picture of you and I said, ask Jen a question, like people couldn't get past the seven kids because yeah. I'm like, mom of seven kids. And so people like, why seven kids? Like, is there, it's just because you love the number seven or you're like, you just felt like I want to be a mom. You've always wanted to be a mom. Like, I'm curious. People are curious why you had seven kids. Yeah. Well, one, I was a person that probably would have had no kids. Really? Yeah. Isn't that funny? What? Yeah. I was wow. like just so driven to be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. um, which probably ended up why I had seven kids. But <laughs> <laughs> you're very driven. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to have kids young so that I can retire and still be young enough to do stuff. And, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Right? <laughs> um, so we had fertility assistance, right? Mm -hmm. And 
not to sound like I'm dumb, but like, I think I have cliff knowledge. I'm really smart. And then if I don't know something, I have zero knowledge in that area. Mm -hmm. We have to get back to something I know again. Um, so I had my first son and then we got a bill from the fertility clinic. I'm like, Oh no, no, I paid you. Like I have my son. We're good. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh no, no, these are all your embryos on ice. I'm like, all right, let's talk about those. And so I had embryos on ice um, because that's what I elected to do. And in, I lived in Michigan at the time, right? So in Michigan, mm -hmm. you have three options with embryos. You use them, you donate them, or you destroy them. Okay. Oh, that's right. Mm. Wow. So then I sat there and I'm like, okay, well. Heavy decision. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, like, you know that book, like, are you my mother? Like, I'm yeah. like, if I donate them, I'm going to be like, are you my kid? Are you my kid? <laughs> You're going like, to be looking at every, every child. child. It's like, yeah. maybe he's mine. Maybe she's mine. Oh my um, gosh. So donating was not like on my forefront by any means. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, destroying like in Michigan, they give them to you which obviously they're destroyed once they give them to you essentially, but to destroy. I'm like, if I like destroy this embryo, my child's going to like, karma's going to bite me in the butt. And when he's turned 16, he's going to get in a car wreck. And that's, you know, what I deserve. Mm -hmm. And so I sat with it for a while and I'm like, okay, well, there's a power at force bigger than me. Wow. And whatever's meant to happen is meant to happen. And the doctors, like they grade embryos, right? So they're like, oh, you'll probably get like three or four kids. I'm like, all right, I can do three or four kids. I'm from a huge family. Mm -hmm. I'll take that on. Um, I have four kids and I still have like embryos and ice. I'm like, okay, so how are we looking here, doc? <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't mind like changing my like stance on what I said earlier about this, you know? <laughs> but that's when you're tested, right? When you're tested yeah. and that's when you decide like who you are. And mm -hmm. I knew if I didn't continue forward with that decision, then... I would doubt every other decision I made in life. God, you oh. gave me care. Yeah. Where's the tissues? You got back crying over here. Why, why am I like the way I am? I just, oh gosh, that just touched me so much. Like for you're just for you to make that decision and be like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And it's just like what you said, there's a higher power that knows. And I just thought that was so awesome for you to recognize that and to trust in that. Trust is huge. Tissues on your side. Are they? Yes. Ah, my bad. <laughs> Fail, fail. Easy. I'm kidding. But I think that's so awesome. So that is so interesting. Yeah. So wow. seven, we ca I call them the super seven, right? And um, they're awesome. I mean, they're like, they remind you like what life's about, mm -hmm. right? Just watching it through their eyes. And each one is so unique and different. And then you're like, oh, I learned this from you. or I learned that from you. And yeah, it's a good life. We play a lot. That's cool. Wow. That is mm -hmm. so cool. I want to meet your kids. You'll love it. I would, I would oh, love to hilarious. meet them. Yes. That would be so cool. Uh, okay. Let's, let's get down to, we have more questions for you. Um, all right. So you talked about the physical training, um, your schedule now mentally, how do you train for this mentally? What do you do? Meditate. Meditate. Yeah. Like just some moving meditation, right? I mean, that's what running is. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just, you're moving. I need to physically move to get calm, right? Balance for me is in movement forward. And so you just connect to that like feeling of nature and being outside and like this world that's so much bigger and grander than each one of us individually. Mm -hmm. And when you can relax into that and let go into that, it brings like peace into everything you do. Yeah. Well said. That's cool. Everybody meditates differently. Yeah. I think that's the cool thing. Like, and there's so many different techniques of meditation is you just find what works for you. And different techniques work at different times. Exactly. Right? Like and, at the end mm -hmm. of the day, a lot of times I'll be like, run through everything that happened in the shower and then I'll be like, wash it down the drain. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to go to bed clean. I'm going to go to bed without bringing any of this in anymore mm -hmm. and let it go. And you have different meditations all the time. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm constantly doing different ones when I, you know, just run on my treadmill. I'm I'm just kind of like what you said. I, I run things through my head and it's my release. Like that's, and I, you know, I hit that, that runner's high. And, you know, I love to, when I'm taking a bath, I love to meditate. And because I'm like in that warm water, it's relaxing me. And then that's when I really like think of like all the things that I'm grateful for in my life and, and I could really like get in deep into a meditation, a meditated state. Um, 
Jacob, you meditate a little differently that I, which I actually like your technique as well. He has the worry, like what is it that? Like, I have the calm app. Ooh, I have that. App. <laughs> and so I put like a bell on like two minutes apart. Yeah. And then I've just broken down. I think I've, I kind of adapted it from Tony Robbins's like priming thing. Uh huh. So he has this whole sequence that it goes through. So I'll do like just silence and relax and deep breathing for two minutes, and then I'll do like the classic try to push out all thoughts for a few minutes and mm-hmm. then I'll go into gratitude and then I'll go into like what I call inner peace, which is almost just reassuring myself that everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do some visualization and yeah, I just break it down into these little chunks and go through a whole sequence and works great for me. So I love it. But I find it so interesting how like everybody's is different. Yeah. Cause we were like, how do you meditate? And I'm just like, just get going. Like just, just lay in there like, I mean, the easiest is obviously don't have like chaos around you, you know, try to be like going to more of a quiet place, a quiet area, start, start, start there and then just go like, just relax and then do different things and find different ways. And then, then, and then you figure out your niche or your favorite time to meditate or your favorite thing while climbing mountains or running. Like, it's just cool that it's different for everybody. Yeah. After reading that Eckhart Tolle book, I recommended you. Yeah. I uh, love that book. A new earth. Mm -hmm. Like it kind of clicked to me that meditation doesn't have to be this like silent eyes closed thing where you can actually keep your eyes open and just stop thinking and just let your senses take over and feel everything, see things, hear Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And that is like mind blowing. I've done that a bunch of times where I'm like brought to tears with overwhelm at seeing a leaf or something. So it feels so weird. (laughs) No, I know you're like, and yeah, this tipped me over. No. And I use the Wim Hof method Uh right now, just because I, I have like Raynard syndrome. So my fingers will go like randomly white just because blood flow doesn't go there. Mm -hmm. And so frostbite, like concern is huge for Mm, me with what I'm doing. And he has like the whole cold shower and like putting your hands in ice and what happens is after you like train your body to be in that ice cold water, it like at first your blood vessels like all constrict and then eventually they, they relax and open up again to allow blood flow through there. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing hard physical activities, it's learning how to let the flow go through. Yeah. Right. And open up all the blood flow again. So just depending on the activity you're doing too, depends Mm -hmm. on what kind of like meditation things work. And you're, you're the second person that's actually, within a month has brought that that system up. What is it called again? The Wim Hof. Yeah, Wim Hof. Sean Whalen does that. Yeah, he's the ice man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well now I really want to try it because I feel like I I need to. Like I oh, keep it's super fun. It keeps going yeah, back cool. to me. Like I keep seeing it randomly and hearing about it. So I started doing some runs last year. It was like nine degrees in the morning and I'd go in nothing but tiny shorts. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> but it's weird it's because it gives you do you a this high. breathing method and it's like your skin feels cold. But it's not like that I'm shivering or I feel cold at all. Interesting. And people are looking at me like I'm a crazy person. Yeah. And you feel great other than like your skin is cold on the surface. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's kind of hard to describe. It's weird. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It's cool. It's though. a lot of endorphins get released. Well, shit, I'm getting a, a tub with ice. <laughs> you're you're going to see a trough when you get back. <laughs> take all right. time. All right, I'm in. Let's do it. He's into it. He's <laughs> into it. Back of tide when she was trying to take an ice bath. She didn't yeah. do it correctly. Yeah, do it with what, friends. I wasn't supposed to stay in there for an hour. What? <laughs> okay, uh, next question. This one is from, let's see. Okay, this is from Juan from the Facebook. What has been your struggles? Like, what's, what, and what's your biggest worries? Like, what's, I don't, I hate to shift it to a negative, but it's almost like that helps us continue to move forward and, and, and be better. So I'll bring this back to the car accident. Okay. All right. In 2018, I was in a car accident, um, that I can label as like a before and after right okay. in life. Uh-huh. So before the car accident, I had this philosophy of, I'm going to get my kids all set up get them to college, get them launched, and then I'm going to come back to me, right? Because mm-hmm. my job right now is them. And I got into the car accident, and all of a sudden I'm like, if I would have died, like I was supposed to die, right? Like the cops called me two weeks later. They rebuilt the accident 50 times. They couldn't build an accident scenario where I lived. Wow. What? Like Real quick, though, I mean, what was the accident? 
So I'm um, driving down the highway. Okay. And I was coming up on a semi. And so I went to go into the left lane. At the same time, there was something on the side of the road. So he swerved into the lane a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he had a pup, like one of the trailer things. Yeah. And that hit the passenger side of my car. I rolled three times and then slid in the median and ended up waiting there to. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Yeah. Insane. Like, I mean, when the ambulance came, they're like, we said dead person, no way. Like, and then they saw what kind of car I was in and they're like, well, now there's potential that she'll be okay. And when they saw me, they're like, we don't, okay, you're good, but we're taking you to the hospital because we're worried something's being masked. Wow. Right. Wow. Adrenaline or Internal something. Internal bleeding. Like, yeah, what, you yeah. just don't know. Right. Yeah, you don't yeah. know what you don't know. And uh-huh. they're like, we want to take you in to make sure everything's good. Um, so that accident, like, really put life into perspective of me because I'm like, if I put my kids ahead of me on everything and I died, then that's not really respecting life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it really shifted me to doing life in parallel. So I'm going to do me and them love that balance balance Mm -hmm. right and it's funny because once you step into that all of a sudden like your whole paradigm shifts because your kids see their mom hustling Mm -hmm. right and then it gives them permission to hustle they see their mom dreaming it gives them permission to dream and it just changed like everything for us Mm -hmm. right I love that. There's so many, especially, I mean, where we live, it's just saturated with moms, families, and, you know, Utah, it's a big family state. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the moms I see, they're just so drained, energy drained, and just tired, and just exhausted because they're constantly living for their kids. Yeah. I think there's this common mentality where it's like, I'm going to sacrifice for them. Yeah. But then that's learned from the kids where your your life or your sense of self doesn't matter that much and you end exactly. up giving yourself to a man or your kids or something else and like you here, lose yourself like here's my role I'm the mom I cook the meals I take care of the kids like we get they get that mentality yeah and you know and I fought, I I started having that mentality when I was married and I was in the LDS religion and yeah. I but luckily I was like the fight in me I'm a fighter and you know I I just don't <laughs> I'm a rebel. <laughs> so I'm like, no, nah, fuck no. <laughs> Ain't happening. And I put that to a stop and uh, a lot happier. And I feel like my kids, you know, I've just seeing the difference of, yeah, they were really little when I was, in, you know, in the marriage, but it's like, we're, we're like buddies, you know, it's like, yeah, they know I'm their mom. They know they have to respect me, but it's like, they feel comfortable with like telling me things that they would be normally just be scared to tell um, you know, mom or dad. And I, I think it's cool that we have that relationship and that just like what you're saying, they see mom um, being happy and experiencing joy and, you know, meditating. My little guy, Tucker, meditates with me all the time. Yeah. And it's so cool to, you know, they see that. And like, you can still have your independence and also be a mom. Yeah, and they're seeing you Don't, working and pursuing your thing too. Yeah. So rather than mm-hmm. living for them and or through them. So yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a big shifter, right, for me. And um, what a journey. It's been awesome. Wow. So fun. So after that, you were just kind of like. Well, you know, then the homework complaint and then the Everest. And then I'm like, okay, well, this is my Everest, right? And mm-hmm. I'm actually going to the kids' school next week, and we're talking about what's their Everest. Oh, that's right? cool. We all have wow. goals, right? We mm-hmm. all like we all have a big Everest, but maybe we have little goals to get there first. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it just runs parallel. That's well. cool. So, when did you get started with the whole climbing thing? I assume you were climbing before your kids brought up Everest. Yeah, really. like it's weird. So, I grew up in Michigan, and we were kind of a family that did like the resort type vacations to the same place every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved out to Park City in 2015, I went down to a yoga class in Salt Lake City and met a girlfriend, like you know, one of those people that we met in the locker room and just like, do I know you? Do I know you? Mm-hmm. We didn't know each other, but we. Mm-hmm vibe knew each other yeah and her husband was the director of outdoor education for like the state of utah right Mm. and so he's like do you mountain bike i'm like no but i will he's like okay Uh we're gonna go do the white rim go grab a bike (laughs) like okay have you been river rafting no but i will so like and like have you been up to the tetons no but i will um and so they just got me into all this outdoor activity stuff and when we went to go climb the grand um in wyoming 
it was just that whole process, right? Like it's so fascinating when you, it's almost like doing an out and back run, mm -hmm. right? You start at this point, you get to the top and you come back down and you're like, oh, my thoughts are entirely different in the same spot that I was like five hours before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it just becomes addictive. And then we got involved in the community. So I kind of put that stuff on side because when you first move to an area, right, you're not on PTO, you're not on like, right. you're not running soccer leagues, you're not doing anything, right? So you all of a sudden mm -hmm. you have all this free time to like figure yourself out again. And when you have seven kids within six months, you're like ingrained in community and you're running five classrooms and blah, 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 because that's the good mom thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then when the accident happened, I'm like, I don't want my story to be that I bake brownies every fucking PTA meeting. <laughs> like I'm more than the brownie baker. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the brownie baker. Like the mom that like gets the excitement out of the brownie baking. Thank God you exist. That's yeah. your Everest. <laughs> yeah, that's your Everest. It is not mine. I tried it. It didn't work. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's cool. Does she know that she inspired this in you? Yeah. That she got you started on this path? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Um, so it's interesting, too, because the whole concept for me typically is we grew up like you don't share anything until you've done it. Right. Okay. And one of my girlfriends is like, we're in COVID. There's nothing going on in this world. <laughs> like you're sharing what you're doing yeah. because it's the only excitement I have all day long. It's about like hearing like where you're going next yeah. or what's going yeah. on. Right. And so this whole journey, opened. I mean, I started social media in October. Really? Yes. Wow. And you're at like, so you're, you're at like 40,000 followers, right? Yeah. And you started so. in October. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's cool. Well, I was, I was creeping around on your, cause we're Instagram friends now. And I was creeping around on your Instagram and you can, people can track your, what is it that they track your climbs? Yeah. So, so we, what is so, that? So we set up a website called boldbravebeautiful.com. Mm -hmm. And that all came from the idea of you have to be bold enough to like sit with yourself and be like, who am I? What excites me? Where, where can I shine my light in this yeah. world? Mm -hmm. Then you have to be brave enough to put the action behind it. Yeah. Right. Like you can't just say, I mean, I was in the financial service sector, right? Getting a car wreck. And then I call my parents, Hey, guess what? I'm going to get out of finance and start climbing mountains. <laughs> like, like, that's always awesomely received. You do have seven kids you're sending to college, right? Um, and then whatever unfolds from that bold and brave becomes your beautiful journey. Mm -hmm. right yeah so we set up that website and it garmin's have this little tracking device so when i'm actually on a climb you can click on the website and like see where i am and then i try to send dispatch notes like every day or every other day just to as a way to check in can people cool. send you little messages yeah for real isn't that cute so that you're awesome. climbing and you're like hey keep going jen you're yeah. doing great <laughs> yes that's so awesome it's so awesome and i have a satellite phone so like i'm able to talk to my kids like every day Right. Um, there's, believe it or not, Wi-Fi at base camp. So like oh. when I'm at base camp next month, I'm going to do a Zoom call into the kids school and each classroom is going to ask a question. I'm sure it'll be like, what are you eating? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, <That's good>. <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> How many pairs of gloves do you have on? <laughs> I love that. That's, That's cool. so cool. That's what, awesome. What is your Instagram handle? Just so um, yeah, it's bold, brave, you. beautiful life. Nice. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and then you can also go to your website too, and that's the trackings on there. And then also there's a link in your Instagram too, to take everybody to track your, your climbs, which I thought was really cool. I'm like, Oh, this is neat. I was like going in there and like snooping around. I'm like, okay, I love it. I yeah. love that. They, it's like, they can, they can experience it with you without having to, you know, be in their little tent and do the oxygen and all that fun stuff and, you know, prep for it. They could just be with you and be like, yeah, I basically climbed that. Yeah. Without the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I basically, I was with her. What are you talking about? I was texting easier. her. I was sending her message of positive messages. Basically did it. A thousand percent. <laughs> I'll give you credit. You're along with me. Yeah. See? No. And what's fun about this whole thing, like sharing the journey versus just sharing when it's done is like when people see what I'm doing they notice that inside themselves. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so like I was so against social media and everything, which is why I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And then we opened it up in October and like one lady sent a message once and she's like, Hey, I walked to my mailbox instead of driving it today. I have two kids and I no longer had an excuse of not like taking care of myself, mm -hmm. you know? And like when Love you can it. do that. Right. And then I was in Nepal and there was a girl that was suffering from cancer and she had always wanted to go climb this mountain that I was climbing, but now she'll never be able to. And she's like, 
thank you for sharing this because now I get to climb this mountain with you that I would never oh. been able to climb. <laughs> I got prayer flags for, hung them up at the top. And I was like, you can connect with people yeah. that you would never be able yes. to otherwise. It's it, it makes life meaningful too. It's like just it, it just adds to it. Like I just ugh, get to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just yeah. it just makes you feel so good and like I, I'm so glad that you decided to do social media because I was with you. Like I, I mean, because I'm in the media world, I have to have it. But and I had that mentality where it's like, oh my gosh, I hate Facebook, I hate Instagram, and people would never believe me because I post so much. But I, I hated it because there's so much negativity. But if you just get rid of that, and you're like, okay, I'm going to use this for posit positivity, and I'm going to. I'm going to help inspire others and show them that you can still be authentic and raw and genuine and, and, and be liked and not, don't care what others think. Like you can make, you can be that example. And when I started changing my mentality to that, that's when I really, now I'm having fun with it. Oh yeah. Now I'm posting because for me, not for everybody else anymore. Right. And you post to like, remember, I mean, like I have a bumper sticker I pulled off a window in my house this week. And I'm like, I don't have anybody young enough to put bumper stickers on windows anymore. What is going on here? I saw that on right? your story. Yes. That was funny. I'm like, real life, this still happens. They keep you humble at all times. And it's so cool like to to share those experiences with others. And then, then you get the other people that relate to that. You know, like the mom club. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I relate to that. You know, or the the pet people. And like, it's just it's just cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So I'm glad that you decided to do the social media. Um, oh, here this was my question, and for some reason I don't know why this kept popping in my mind. But your mom of seven. Um, I mean, everybody has a lot of responsibility, but I mean, you got those seven kids that all rely on you, and kind of, kind of a single mom, like you know, in that aspect a little bit. What's your thoughts if something does happen to you when you climb K2? Like, I know that you can't really, like, mentality think about that because it's going to drag you down, but have you thought about that? No, you have to face it, right? Okay, I mean, so you what's have your to thoughts? be real with it. Um, it was, it'd been weighing on me, right? So I have um, some people that I, like, talk to and get raw with, like, and here's what I'm feeling, here's what's going on, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And they help me see, like, the positives or, like, through it, maybe, so my number one thing is I'm coming home alive, right? Okay. So if that means I don't summit K2, mm -hmm. that's okay. Like we go for goals. We don't always get them, right? So I'm going to allow what happens to happen knowing that I'm coming home first, right? I can always go back. Yeah. Okay. And then the other thing is because I'm with the kids a lot and I'm like their provider of a lot of things, mm -hmm. for me, this trip... I have to look at it in the standpoint of grandma's coming in. We have a live-in nanny, right? That's been with us forever. Mm -hmm. And she's just as much of a mom to them as I am. That whether I'm physically next to them or far away from them, I'm always with them. Okay. And by being away with them being cared for, it allows them to trust into that. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, it was mm -hmm. interesting. I was up in Nepal last October and I was at the top of Ama de Blom. 7,500 miles away from my kids probably felt like as close as I've ever been to them. Wow. Right. Like you just get to those spots where like distance doesn't even make sense. Right. Yeah. And since I know that feeling, I know that it's in them mm -hmm. and I know that we can be far apart, but we can still be connected and there's going to be a time when I'm not here. And so they know that they're supported by the world without me. Wow. Physically here. That was really well put. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how, like, what have your, what, what has your kids been saying? Like, what are they, what's their thoughts about everything? This is what's awesome about kids is they don't see fear, mm -hmm. right? Like, I wonder when we get the fear because I look at them and like, we'll pick out campsites, right? Where I'll show pictures of like, here's what camp one looks like and mom's going to stay here. And then. They'll be like, oh, take that tent because if it blows really windy, then that rock will catch you or whatever, right? <laughs> I like, love it. If my mom will look at the same photos, you'll be like, I can't even look at this. This is terrible. I don't know why you subject yourself to this stuff. <laughs> right? So, like, it's fun because kids bring opportunity to everything they look at. Mm -hmm. 
right? And we talk about the journeys. We talk about where I'm going. We talk about the cultures. We talk about the whole pieces of it. And it really allows them to be a part of it. And I think feel safe with what's going on because they have a say. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's it's so true about the whole kids not experiencing fear. And when whenever my kids like do you like say something like, oh, mom, I don't want you to die because I went skydiving last year and I was telling you about skydiving, how I'm jumping out of an airplane and all this stuff. And and they're like, my oldest son, Boston, is like, well, wait a minute. What if your parachute doesn't open? You know, <laughs> like asking these questions. But I think I'm, I'm very and I and I'm trying I've recognized this within myself, but both my parents are very um, they installed a lot of fear in me, a lot of worry. They're the worry warts, you know. Beck, don't do this. That person's going to get you or, you know, just constantly. And I noticed I would do that with my kids a little bit. Yeah. Fear parenting. Fear. Yes. And I, I'm trying to like, you know, I've recognized it. I'm working on it. And so when my oldest son, Boston, said that, I'm just like, because I'm like, how he's never skydived. Like, he's never watching me sky. Like, how does he know that there's fear associated with that? And so I recognize that and I'm trying to like not be so fear parenting. I know, right? Right? Yeah, that's interesting. Look yeah, at you, shit. That. You're like, yeah. I, I'm kind of just learning. I'm like, oh my gosh. I probably do this in a lot, a lot more it. than I'm aware of. I think that's yeah. interesting. He's a, This one over here, Jacob, he's all about like, why does the human mind work this way? I think it's so cool that you're really into that stuff. I mean, I am too, but not like to your level. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. You're just, it is. The, it's interesting to see what makes people tick. Yeah. Like, why do you want to do that versus yeah. this or whatever, right? And why did you react that way? And what yeah. triggered you and all it's just pretty cool. Yeah, I just feel cool. like understanding people yeah. unlocks almost everything else. So yeah. connects us all. I try to do that. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not that easy. Yeah. You do so, good oh, at it. Oh thanks. Yeah, uh, you're, you're really good. So when is K two? Is that set up yet? Yeah, so K two is July. Oh wow. That's like you climb right in July. Yes. So Everest the, in April and K two. Just knock gosh. them out, baby. One wow. one one. Oh so. my gosh. Okay, so <sighs> For all, for all the, you know, and I'm just going to say moms because I, I feel like a lot of probably moms follow you and like women and, you know, you're, I feel like you're kind of like empowering women by doing what you're doing. Thousand percent. And even men, um, what would you say to the mom at home with her kids that just is living for her kids and just, she's watching your, you do all these things, climbing these mountains, like to start living for herself and getting out there and doing things that she's passionate about and loving or love and stuff like that. What would you say? Like, how would she start? I mean, it's all baby steps, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing is our thought process, mm -hmm. right? So can I sit down for a minute and not feel guilty or am I shame taping myself when I sit down? Huge shaming. Yeah. That's so huge. Right. So it's learning how to take a minute out. And I had to start with that with some of my kids, too. I'm like, mom's going to have a one minute time out. And that gave them permission to say, like, hey, I'm overwhelmed. I need a one minute time out before I can respond in this circumstance. Right. And so you just start learning like and for me, it started, too, with like pretending I was one of my kids. How would I want one of my kids to feel or how would I want one of my kids to show up? And so that allowed me permission to demonstrate that for them. Mm hmm pretending I was them even though I was me and then you get more comfortable with it and if once you can get more comfortable with it then you can actually enjoy it yeah right so baby steps baby steps get your mind in the right the spot. mind is the biggest thing yeah right I mean because you can make a hike up a mountain miserable or you can make a hike up a mountain like fun well I you know it's funny that you said about the shaming thing when I first started going on little like weekend getaways I love to travel and you know, my ex has them every other weekend. So I have that free weekend. I would see that as an opportunity to go visit my friends because I have friends all over the world in the United States and, and outside of the United States. And so I would use that weekend to go visit them or go see different places and explore. Well, the beginning of it, I felt so guilty being away from my kids, even knowing that they were with their dad and probably having fun. Why? I felt so guilty. It ruined my trip. And I I'm think like, we all go through that phase, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. it's just like being persistent enough to know that that's part of the unbecoming. And the sad thing is, is like, why can't I have fun? Why do I feel guilty <laughs> for having fun? Mm -hmm. And it, it's such a weird, and when I started recognizing that, and I'm like, this isn't cool. Would I want my kids to feel guilty for having fun? No. So why should their mom, the one that, the example that they're supposed to be looking up to, why am I allowing this, this guilt, the shame? So right. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. And so to go a little more extreme too, right? Love like, extremes. 
get out there. But um, we're female. Like we have an organ designed just for pleasure, mm-hmm. right? The male does not have that. You have a, like a multi-use functional tool. Yeah, it's a multitasker. Yes, yes. <laughs> we have a pleasure only, right? Yeah. And so if you like, when I like allowed myself to like, like acknowledge that, not just say it, but like, I'm here for pleasure. I have a pleasure organ. Mm-hmm. Like, can I bring pleasure into everything that I do and own that? Because I'm the mom, I, like I'm raising the next generation. What am I teaching them? Am I teaching them to enjoy life, to like play with it, to have fun, to like live from pleasure? Or is it rules and obligations and self-sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well put. Yeah, I love That's that. awesome. I love her. I know. Can I just, will you just stay with me? <laughs> okay. My last, this is my last question. And, uh, and we'll get to you in a minute, Jacob, if you have any more questions for Jen, but w- so you, you have the, the training, you have your kids, you're basically a full-time mom. Do you have like time where you go out and like have fun with your friends? And then like, you know, what, what, what's your free time? Like, <laughs> um, do, do you, you want to go fr- for a hike? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that doesn't count. That right. doesn't count, Jen. No, I know. Is there non-hike free time? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? I'm really curious. Yeah. You know what? Like we have girls night out, right? G&O. And okay. so we'll go out with them. Uh-huh. Um, and then you just kind of fit it in, right? Make time. Make time. Organize. Organize the time in. Yes. <laughs> As I tell my kids, we don't plan to fail. We fail to plan. Yeah. Right? So. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Good to know. Do you have any more questions for Jacob? I don't think so. I'm just excited to start observing Everston. Oh my gosh. Okay, too. I can't wait to send you messages. Yay. You're going to be like, I just hope, I just, this is my fear that you're going to be reading one of my messages because I get a little rowdy when I, <laughs> when I text people, especially people that I love, I, I say funny things. You're going to be reading it and then you're going to slip and fall and something's going to happen. You're like, it's because of Becca's text. <laughs> uh, no, she'll be fine. We'll have her satellite phone number. Just <laughs> us. There we go. We'll call her in a couple hours. Just, just us and her kids that have the number. Yep. Yeah, we're privileged. Yeah. That's right. We'll use it more than the kids though, probably. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Well, Jen, is there anything that you want to say to all the listeners out there? Uh, thank you for your time. Right. For listening, Mm -hmm. because it's in the power of connecting with each other that we're able to do great things. Yes. And so it's just nice to be able to share. It's nice to feel the support. And it's nice to know that it's making a difference. Well said. Well put. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for coming on to the Becca Hayes show. We sure appreciate you. Make sure you go follow Jen's Instagram, which is bold, brave, beautiful life life. And also go to her website, bold, bravebeautiful.com and you can track her climbs you can send her inspirational messages no negative tip no negativity please you will be smacked by me (laughs) but thank you so much jen thank you appreciate you bye so like do you get all kinds of fun different people like just crazy stories doesn't everybody have such a crazy story